You're tuning in to the Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal podcast. If you have a story or a guest recommendation that you think others need to hear, email me at wildweirdandsometimesnormal at gmail.com. Let's get this started. Alex and Brett, kick it! On this episode, I'm joined by Leo Moynihan, a co-author of Unsolved Secrets. We discuss sports scandals, UFOs, the disappearance of flight MH370, and some of the cases he investigated for this book and his others. At the time of the recording, the Titan submarine was still missing, and there was hope that the story would have a happy ending. Unfortunately, it did not, and the occupants on the submarine died shortly after the boat that launched it lost contact. I left the conversation in, as our exchange was respectful to the missing, and we both reiterated that we hoped they would be saved. Additionally, it led to the story written by Morgan Robertson in 1898 about a ship named the Titan that hit an iceberg and sank in the North Atlantic Ocean. Very weird stuff that the Titanic disaster was foretold 14 years before it happened, and then the submersible lost was named the Titan. It gives all three stories a final destination feel. You can't escape when fate has plans for you. Leo relayed a story about during World War II how there was a rumor that Edward VIII may have tried to reach a peace deal with Germany during the war. I followed up his story with a similar one, but had some of the pieces backwards. My story involved a high-ranking German, Rudolf Hess, and how he failed to reach Scotland to negotiate an English surrender. He was kept as a prisoner of war, and after the Nuremberg trials, he was sent to prison. When everyone was freed or died in that prison, he was the lone prisoner for over 20 years in there. A very intriguing story that I'm sure all of the facts have not seen the light of day. That story, an article on Boyan Slat and his ocean cleanup, and a few articles on solo geoengineering, aka chemtrails, are in the show notes. I used links to Times, Forbes, CNBC, and a few others. I know, I know, the mainstream media is the enemy of the people. But hey, if Time Magazine wants to write an article on billionaires like Bill Gates and George Soros funding programs to spray the skies with chemicals, it makes everyone who talks about chemtrails come off as credible because of sites like this publishing those stories. Anyway, give Leo a follow. I've also included his co-author, Sam Pilger, in the links. Sam couldn't make it, but I hope when we have Leo back on the talk about his new book, Sam can join. Give the guys a follow and pick up their books and let them know you heard them on Wild and Weird. Enjoy the show. Are you looking for CBD for your pet? My friends at Pure Pet Wellness have what you need. They use the highest quality ingredients. While other companies may use synthetic oils in their CBD, Pure Pet Wellness uses organic ingredients. Organically grown hemp, organic coconut oil, organic shea butter, organic beeswax, and that's just to name a few. A family-owned and operated company that also offers fast shipping. Go to purepetwellness.com for all your pet's CBD needs and use the discount code WILD and WEIRD at checkout. That's WILD, A-N-D, WEIRD. Treat your animal right. Go to purepetwellness.com. Are you looking to buy a home in New Jersey? Escape the city and move to the suburbs? 
finally purchase that vacation home on the lake or down the shore? Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who are retiring and moving out of state. If so, let me help you. Keller Williams and the Real Estate Professional Group have what you need to make your goals come true. Reach out and have a conversation with someone who will put you first. Contact Brian McCoach at 856-321-1212 or email McCoach at kw.com. Welcome to another episode of Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal. I'm your host, Brian. And today, my guest is Leo Moynihan, the author of Unsolved Secrets. Welcome, Leo. Hello, Brian. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you so much. We had such a juggling process to get this down. Leo's yeah. across the pond in the UK, and I'm over here in the US. It is bright and sunny where he is. It looks like, you know, we have a we nice have little to, lunch when, spread. When it's, sun, when it's sunny in London, we have to go on about it for at least two minutes. It's, yeah. it's the law. <laughs> It's the law. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love it. Soon I'll be very British and say it's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, so that's actually a good question. What? When? Uh, you know, you'll see that the heat wave in in London and all this stuff like that. What is too hot? What is a well, typical too hot? Well, you get that's well. Last summer it got into the it got up to forty, which is too hot for any city. I I think, but um. It's okay if it's a city like Seville, but London isn't built for that, those sort of temperatures. So at the moment, we're looking at kind of it's been touching thirty, which okay. but it's been quite cool at night, which I can handle. I like you know I like uh, it's just last summer was tricky because it was about twenty eight degrees at night. Yeah, that's the problem. If the heat and yeah, humidity stick around at night, and then you're not getting that relief. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to do yeah. some calculations on the back of a napkin later and, and convert this to Fahrenheit. Oh God, Thir- sorry. Yes, yes. Thirty uh, and forty. 40. 40 must be about 110 or something like that. Oh my God, that's terrible. 400, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Don't know. All right. Well, that's fine. You're doing Celsius. I'm doing Fahrenheit. They, they, they do this to confuse us. We can't communicate. <laughs> potato, on, potato. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> tomato, tomato, all that stuff. Yeah. Leo, what got you interested in secrets besides, besides that they're fun? And, you know, it seems like all kids enjoy secrets. Yeah. What is it okay. That, yeah. A bit of housekeeping first. I am the co author of the book. I have a co-author named Sam Pilger, who who sadly can't join us today. So Sam and I are old friends, and we met. We, we were actually both sports writers. So there's a very strange sort of angle into all of this. We met. We met writing about football on a magazine twenty years ago, twenty odd years ago, and then a company before the pandemic, a company approached us called uh, Quarto Publishers, and they were looking to do some books on uh, on the weird and wonderful so it's good for your the title of your podcast and it we've done a range of books from as you say enigma we did enigmas uh, or i did enigmas i think and we've co we've co-authored a few but i've also done books on conspiracy theories which really sort of during the pandemic i wrote a book about conspiracy theories which felt very much on topic <laughs> with vaccines and the whole is it a hoax sort of stuff so we and then we've done serial killers and murderers so quite macabre dark stuff that there seems to be a big market for and people have have always been fascinated with these things and we did last year we did a book called secrets together which ranges from political secrets wartime secrets we actually being sports writers insisted on a chapter on the on sporting secrets so that was very interesting to us and you know when you open when you open up these things and start researching things that you thought you knew about it really is an eye-opener so i love sports probably you know, tied for one of my favorite things what are some yes. of the big sports secrets that you found 
Well, let me let me tell you. Well, I, I mean, just open that. Right, one eye that springs to mind for me is whether or not Sonny Liston threw his fights against Muhammad Ali or Cassius Clay as he was in the first fight. Then we had the 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 Black Sox scandal, which you'll know about back in the day. Oh, yeah. Was Ton, was Tonya Harding behind the attack on Nancy Kerrigan? There was a wonderful story that I did about the Colombian soccer star Andre Escobar, who was killed when he got home from the the World Cup in the United States in 1994. And it was about who actually killed him. He scored, it's an incredible story that Colombia had this great team going into the World Cup in 94. And they wondered if they might even win it. They were that good. But everything went very wrong on the field when they got there and they ended up losing to the USA. And Andre Escobar, who was their captain and pretty much their kind of superstar back home, a wonderful guy, apparently, very sort of, anti all the drug cartels that were going and quite vociferous about it. He scored an own goal that pretty much knocked out Colombia from the World Cup. And on getting home, there'd been lots of kidnapping threats against the team and it was a very dangerous time for the team. And when they got home, Escobar went out to a nightclub and was shot dead in the car park. And whilst the official story was about, it was just he had an argument with someone, it was a random, just put it, it turned out that it was probably due to a, a drug cartel annoyed that they'd lost money on that they'd betted on the that they'd bet on the team and Pablo Escobar had recently died and there was talk that Pablo Escobar probably wouldn't have allowed such a, a hit to happen if he'd still been there so you're really meshing two dark worlds there and it kind of a lot of these sporting secrets come from things like that I think because I mentioned Sonny Liston and that was obviously all mafia led all the rumors were that he was asked to throw the fight. And it's fascinating that such an incredible career as Muhammad Ali's starts from such murky waters. You know, that's interesting. You know, even the boxing now, and it seems that the big fights are not as they were like in the 90s. It's kind of more like the UFC. But if you get off to a rough start in the UFC, you know, you might not be fighting for a championship for a long time if like your story's not matching up to a Dana White storyline that he wants. So for Muhammad Ali to start off on on such a streak, and then that's putting you in a position to keep uh, battling for championships. You know, if Sonny Liston wasn't in it for the money, uh, or the mafia wasn't involved to to twist his arm, or whatever it might have been, you know, it could have yes. been a different career path. Yeah, very interesting. Yes. I think these I think these secrets prevail today in a different way. I mean, boxing is an interesting one. The heavyweight division is is so divides opinion because it, it, there's clearly a lot of talent at the top there, but they just don't fight each other. And what we hear from promoters is one thing, but I'm sure behind the scenes there are secrets and it's all about money, obviously, and people just won't fight each other. Some boxers want to want to keep their legacy and they're afraid to lose, which I think is totally unsporting and goes against everything that it should be. In Ali's day, they just fall for each other, maybe twice a year, you know, but now you don't get to see a fight. When was the last heavyweight title fight? I couldn't tell you. So these secrets are still there. You know, FIFA, the governing body of soccer and football, the, the lid's been the lid's been lifted off FIFA recently, and it's a terrible, it's a terrible load of worms down there, isn't it? So, you know, corruption, money, Qatar getting the World Cup, Russia getting the World Cup before that. It, it, it's been it's an open secret now that it was all bribery. And, uh, sport really has to clear up its act. If you look at cycling. Again, a modern phenomena, you know, the drug taking, Lance Armstrong, it's all sport is meant to be the, the sport's meant to be the most integral, honest thing, isn't it? Otherwise, there is no sport. There's no point watching it unless you want to watch WWE 
wrestling is. <laughs> it, At least they're telling you it's not real. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's theater, right? And people buy yeah. into it. But yeah. the, rest of sport, the rest of sport has to be above board because then you can't buy into the drama that only sport creates. So um, that's interesting that it goes on today as well. Yeah, that, that's tough. And I'm sure that, you know, the common thread that you found throughout your books of secrets and enigmas, conspiracy theories, et cetera, it's yeah. always money. It always comes down to money. Like <laughs> everything is, you know, oh, we didn't tell anyone about this because there's money to be made, or we could have done this because there's money to be made. And it, yeah. yeah, that's a shame. Money and power. Yeah. Which sort of allude to the same thing. A lot of the book is political secrets. Whilst money is always involved. It comes to power, doesn't it? One of the ones I thought I knew a little bit about was the Watergate scandal, and that probably the godfather of political secrets. And right. it really, it really rocked your country, didn't it? And it kind of rocked the world. Oh yeah, and now you see what happened in the seventies for that compared to some of the things that are alleged today or coming out today. And it kind of seems like you broke into a hotel and got some papers and. Or blaming on somebody. Uh, okay, that's that's normal. That's a Tuesday here now. If it happens, you're totally right. If it happened today, it would be a little story, and the and and, he, and someone would just admit to it straight away and go, yeah, and then we'll carry on. Yeah, incredible. Oh ah, yeah, it? you caught me. It's okay. That's fine. Yeah, and then yeah, turn it into yeah. a political donation email. It's it's amazing. <laughs> well, the, imagine if the term fake news had been around. Nixon would have Nixon would have loved it. It would have been great for him. It's a shame that, you know, our attention span is such like this Twitterverse of if it's not like the most recent tweet, if it wasn't just in your feed five seconds ago, if it's not yeah. on social media and yes. people pushing it, it just moves yeah. on. There are Absolutely. stories that come out that would have been weeks to months long scandals that are now just like 10 minutes. And people go, oh, no, I yeah. missed it. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, if you think of the, yeah, the, the, the space that um, the Washington Post gave to it and the two great journalists, you know, Woodward and Bernstein. You're right. If there'd been Twitter, there probably would have been an afternoon's an afternoon's furore about it, and then it, the next terrible thing would have happened. Yeah, Nixon would have dumped it on a Friday afternoon. It would have been out of the news cycle immediately, and then on Monday, it just went back to normal. It it is crazy. It's, I mean, when we talk about it out loud, it's actually terrifying. And oh, it, and people yeah. people look people seeking power through secrets and through deception have got it their way, haven't they? And that's the you know so. Circling back to sports, everybody's in. I, I don't know if so. I'll see some things on UK politics a little bit, and you guys have a different system than we do. And actually, some of your systems amazing, just screaming at each other in in uh, your. Uh, I don't. I don't know what the house is called that they're in, but they're House, they, house of Commons. Yeah, House yeah. of Commons. I'm sorry. Uh, they're yeah, screaming each right. other in the House of Commons, and it's amazing. It's like this is great. We should get into this. Just everybody yelling at each other, and you really get a point out. And over here, everything is really tribalized. You're on one side or the other almost yeah. down for everything and it's really exhausting so yeah. getting into sports you know at night i'll you know turn on the, the baseball game or whatever it might be and just try to escape from it and now in the back of my head i'm like who was bought off today who is uh why is this happening but it, it gets yeah. to be very difficult yeah exactly and it it has to be so careful sport because as i say without without honesty and truth and and legitimacy then it, it will it will cease to be so I think sport has to be very careful, and we, you know, we're all worried about sports washing now, and you know, the huge Middle Eastern states legitimising themselves through sports. And in fact, it's quite brazen. I, I might ha hasten to add that it might not even be a secret the way they do it these days. You know, they're just buying what they want, and what, however, however dodgy the regime are making themselves look legitimate through sport and buying football clubs in England, and, and you know, they. 
getting the World Cup through bribery. It's it, it's it's again, it just seems the norm, which I really worry about. Right. I don't know all the the full details of the live golf. Yes, Phil Nicholson and those guys were on, but they were demonized. Uh, you know that oh, you're going to go take you know money from a certain group, and how dare you do that? And you know Phil Nicholson got hundreds of millions of dollars. There was eight hundred million dollars on the table for Tiger Woods, and and no, no, no. And then the PGA is sitting here like, how dare you? You know, go for a group with that. Now they merge together. PGA is still a little bitter about it, but it seems like those guys lost out on a ton of money. And, oh, and they are the not, time, they're, then, not, they're not bitter they, about it. That's the thing. The PGA? They, yeah, I would argue they're not bitter about it. I would argue that it's not even a merger. I'd argue that the PGA have been taken over by the Saudis. Oh, yeah. That, that's well, how they, I see it. I think they pretend it's a merger and like, let's all come together for the good of the game. Actually, the PGA thought, if we can't beat them, join them, and we'll just get taken over too. No, no yeah, no, that's, that's good insight. And But because, you know, that's true. Well, because, a, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's good insight because they talked about that with this new deal that the PGA players who did not jump over, they're going to get this extra cut. And if I was a live player, I'd be like, well, why, this isn't 50-50. Like, if we're merging, why am I giving up part of my pie? What is it? So just to catch up with what they missed out on. <laughs> right. Yeah, You guys should have been there before. Like, can yeah, I get Bitcoin yeah, yeah. at 10 cents? Can I get in on Bitcoin at you know, the ground prices that I miss? <laughs> I got to talk to somebody over here. This is crazy. I'm sure there's a shake somewhere that will listen to your cry. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can get them on the podcast, see if they can turn back time for me. <laughs> hey, hey, who knows? The, the multiverse, yeah. the spider verse, all these things, that, you know, they're getting into our consciousness. There's somewhere I can get to. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, so, I mean, jokes aside, it is—it's a concern. I think real, real, real concern. Politics, politics. We probably all decided that yes, there has, there will be secrets. Sometimes there has to be secrets in politics. That's the way of the world. We had a chapter on war as well. Clearly, you need big secrets in war because you're trying to. A lot of the, a lot of a war will be won not on the battlefield. Sport just cannot go down that road, and it's it's very concerning. I think it's um. If you start watching a game thinking, is this even, is this legit? Is it been rigged? Is it in boxing and things it has gone on for years? As we said, you know, it's gone, goes back centuries. It's quite easy to rig a boxing match. But when things are rigged, not just someone cheating on the pitch, but it's rigged off the field that people, clubs or franchises or whoever they are, are allowed to buy players unfairly. If, if their finances are rigged, then that's a very, very distressful situation. Because you're expecting either two people or two teams being created either through talent or a draft or whatever it might be. And then you're putting yes. up your, your best one through five or 11, whatever you might have. And then you're going to battle each other and whoever comes yep. out of that was the best for the day with the best for the season, whatever it might yeah. be. And now if people are getting bought the corruption or and how was that money there? If the payroll can't be made and, and then the players are anxious of, Hey, at the end of this is my check even clearing, you know, that's not you know the fair and level playing ground. Which, hey, yeah. that's in life, that's fine. But sports isn't supposed to be about the nitty-gritty of life. It's supposed to be where everybody yeah. goes and, and measures their talent. Yeah. And you always uh, – I'll use English football as an example because that's what I'm in. But you're always going to have richer clubs and bigger clubs because there's a history and there's a bigger fan base. And success has created wealth. I get that. But when a, when a whole nation like Saudi Arabia can come to England and buy a club and then use its own wealth as terms of sponsorship there's a club Manchester City in England who have recently won a very famous treble, which means they won the league, the Premier League, the FA Cup, and also Europeans Champions League. 
and it's only the second time it's ever happened in England. You know, the, the argument is, is it fair because they were bought 12, 15 years ago by a, a Middle Eastern nation? Their sponsorship deals, they, they, they've been charged with 115 offences of possible financial irregularity. So they have the best lawyers, so they can tie that all up in knots. I'm not blaming Manchester City fans for being happy about their win. Of course, they're, they're, you know, they're an old, good, great club of, with a great history. But if there are 115 charges against you, you have to worry about how we see that victory. That's like that seems like it's setting a record on their own. Like they're winning that sport of how many charges are filed against them. Yeah. You get under ten, and, yeah, you yeah. get under ten, and people believe it, and they're like, oh, yeah, there's probably definitely something there." Then 115, they're like, "Hey, you're just going after them unfairly." So if you're going to go big, yeah. like go all the way. Yeah. You know? I mean, That's if they're crazy. not guilty on every account, that'd be quite incredible, wouldn't it? Right. <laughs> hey, it's all fake news. Fake news. You know, fake news. Fake you news. Know. Fake news. Yep. 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 <laughs> so there was in the news i don't know if you paid attention to this or not it seems like it was just a big story the last couple of days there was this submersible that was going to the titanic that was filled with yes. five people i believe yeah. with billionaires so yeah i just got up a little bit ago so i didn't see the news if anything happened overnight but they yes. air for 96 hours i think they went missing on sunday so we're coming up on that, that 96 hour part i think i've heard they've got till thursday morning Okay, so they have till Thursday morning. As, we, as we're recording, that's what, 24 hours? Yeah, so they have about 24 more hours. They So I'll fill you in. I mean, by the time this goes out, we'll know what's happened. But they're, they're, they've they've heard, that through their sonar, they've heard a banging now noise down there, which suggests someone's alive. Oh, that's amazing. That's good. Yes, yes. What Where, where it is, they don't know. Where The problem being where the submarine is, I guess. Because of course the Titanic seemed quite the actual Titanic disaster seems was was quite shrouded in secrecy at the time and you know they and again power look the search for power the the company that built it wanted it to be the quickest wanted to break records and because they were going so fast there was an argument that that's what brought their downfall and then it was slightly covered up the the amount of people that died so all these things come back to us don't they. They definitely do. So these, so and you did conspiracy theories too. So this is very interesting. Yes. One, yeah. so I saw a map of how far off of from New York, off the east coast of the United States, the Titanic was, and mentally, I didn't realize it was that close. Like they came really close. Yeah, to I it. said that last night to my mum. I said, look, I did. Yeah, it was really, it was really. I think they were motoring through the night to get into New York for the morning before lunch. <laughs> yeah. So if there were iceberg, if you gave me a blank map of the Atlantic Ocean, was like, oh, put where the Titanic was and how far icebergs come down, I would have been way off. Like that was almost directly east of New York, just slightly north. Like, I think it's about 900, 900 miles, which is nautical. You know, that's probably not, you know, I think about yeah. 900 miles. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was next, April. So, listen, I don't know. Yeah. It was April yeah, as well. Yeah. I know nothing about any of this stuff, but next time I'm going in the Atlantic Ocean off the Jersey Shore, like I'm keeping an eye out for an iceberg. Like they're coming down pretty far now. This is crazy. So they're, climate, they're off. climate change back then, you see. But. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so this company owning the submersible, the submarine, their yeah. name is Ocean Gate. Yeah. Every scandal in the world ends in Gate. I would not get into a submarine <laughs> name. That is just ripe. It's like Ocean Gate Gate. I don't you know. No, it's gonna, there's being, now going to be, when they investigate all this, it would have to be called Ocean Gate Gate. Yeah. Right. There's a double one on there. But in yeah. the 1800s, a book was written and the, the book of the name was the Titan. And it mirrored the Titanic of what happened in reality 30 years later, 20, 30 really? years later. Yes. Wow. So it was a fiction book. And it, the, the Titanic ship in this book was called the Titan. 
And then Titanic, you know, you take away some letters, it is Titan. And the oh. submersible's name is Titan. Who is doing any of this research or naming anything? Well, who gets into anything called that starts T-I-T? <laughs> not you'd happening. Have, you'd have to you'd have to be a tit to do so. <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately for these people, uh, I mean, this is all, you know, I guess when it gets down to it, I'm not this great adventurer of, hey, do you want to drop down, you know, 2,000 feet, whatever it is, 2,000 meters under the ocean? You know, everything's trying to get, uh, yeah, so in, in, the, in the ocean, there's, it's everything gets crushed in space, everything explodes, I think, right? So everything on the ocean is trying to crush in on you. I saw this video of a paper cup getting taken down to the Titanic and just what yeah. it did. It, it, it is crazy. So hopefully this this uh, mystery of, of how the submersible got lost gets solved in a great way. It's good to hear that there is banging. But definitely when this goes out, we'll have an answer for it. But did, did you, uh, the, the guy that, the CEO of the company who's actually on board at the moment, the guy who built the, the thing and everything, there was a, the BBC in England, the British Broadcasting Corporation, did a video with him last year and he described how he made it. And it was so laissez-faire, so relaxed. I mean, the, the steer is one button on the whole thing. And the steering, the steering is, a, he said, like a Sony PlayStation joystick, basically. You know? Right, you know? a controller, yeah. So I saw yeah. him holding it up. And at first I thought that was the dumbest thing in the whole world. I was like, my God, man, like these things are. But then I was like, you know, also, what's the training for people? You're like, oh, just do like, you know, the the old yeah. Nintendo. Bo, just put in the uh, the Contra code. Hey, yeah, no, I know. That's fine. I can, I can handle this. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, at least the CEO is on there. So I saw some things that there's possibly safety standards that they missed, that there was oh, a, I, I a window imagine. for them to look out at the Titanic. You're going down and One everyone's window. sitting. Right. So like almost think like college dorm bunk beds and then like you're hanging out with a bunch of people. So like everyone's just sitting, one's facing one way and the feet are next to you. And it, it you know, there's not a lot of this room going on here. So there's a little window that you can see out. And it was something like they had it certified to 1,400 meters, but it's really going down to 2,000 meters, and they didn't pay the extra money to get it certified for down there. And as a billionaire, I, I understand not all billionaires are smart. You were smart enough to make your money. I would yeah. think that maybe you would look at the certification or, or things of that nature to be like, hey, this is safe, right? And not the guy like, oh, hey, I just built this. It's a PlayStation controller. Get on. I'll jump on with you. It yeah. never ends great. So you know, I hope this one does, but that's very... Uh, there's a... I wish them all well. I don't want to, you know, I wish them all well, of course. And there's a young, one of their sons is with them who's a teenager. So I, I wish them all well. But there's just a slight arrogance around wanting to tell people that you've seen this shipwreck. And I'm sure the visibility is so low that really, what do you see? And I'm sure they're taking, you know, it's to say you've done it. And it's not, I don't know if it's enhancing anything. They all spent 250 grand each. I could just see all that money going some, somewhere better. And, you know, it's a bit, um, as I say, I just hope they're all okay. No, definitely. And they had, when James Cameron was filming the Titanic, he went down there, you know, and similar things, but they also yeah. had these giant spotlights. So you could, as they were doing this tour and you yeah. know, the extra 50 hours of Titanic footage that they, they put on there, which was, you know, was really amazing if you're interested, but this yeah. guy had, you know, a billion dollar production company budget behind it, not this little flashlight in front of you. And then you're yeah. looking at the resting place of, of these people who went down. But again, you know, all of this is, we hope everything turns out for these people. Uh, but when I saw that go missing, it reminded me of the flight uh, MH370, the the plane that for the most part just disappeared. And the, Malay found, yeah. the Malaysian a, plane. Yeah, that's a big, still it remains a big secret, doesn't it? A big, there's, there was a good uh, Netflix series about it. Another one of these things, probably very possibly Russian linked. That Again, we, you know, 
will will we ever know? Will the, and more importantly, actually, will the love, will the relatives of those who who were on it ever know? I think that's the the key. We we write this book. It's all slightly titillating, and you know, it's we all want we all like to know the historical and political and war and scandal. A lot of it is scandal, but we we must remember that when things like that, that plane incident happened, that people lost loved ones, and and they're they're sitting around not knowing. Imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's the the horrible part of it. Yeah, you know that we're interested from a historical or strange aspect of it, and then yes. they're you know they're yeah. wondering you know as a loved one. Yeah. Uh, so when that incident happened, though, something that uh, another thing I found fascinating was just how little of the ocean is explored. I understand mm-hmm. under the oceans, you know, they say that you know we haven't explored ninety percent of under the ocean, but mm. just like the Indian Ocean in general, that there's yeah. just shipping lanes for the most part, and yeah. that, that so like shipping highways, yes. and everything else is now just That's unexplored it. territory on it. Yeah. Yeah. So the days of Amelia Earhart just taking off and flying like, oh, there's an island. There's an island. Yeah. Like, that's over. Yeah, like, yeah. If, if, if it wasn't found within the last hundred years, there could just be islands sitting out there. No idea. P- parts of the ocean. Oh, sorry. You're not in a shipping lane. You're not going to be found. You know, yeah. Tom Hanks, you and Wilson, man, not happening, not being found. <laughs> Get back on the island. It's crazy. I actually love, I love the idea that we're not as clever as we think we are. I think that's quite important to the human race needs to stay humble because they're just not we're just not and you know we're not as clever as we think we've put people on the moon and we've we've landed things on mars but there's things on our own doorstep that we have very little idea about and i was listening to someone on the radio this morning talking about the about the submarine incident and from an engineering point of view it's so much easier to put to go up into space than it is to explore the deep, deep parts of our oceans. In terms of the, dealing with the pressure down there is, is much harder from an engineering point of view and building things that work down there. And it's much easier to go up into space and do stuff because it's a vacuum up there rather than pressure. So I, I like hearing, I like the idea that there's places and there's things that we don't know about. I think it's important because if we did know about it all, we'd only go and, excuse my French, F it up. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's definitely true that is 100 percent right is the uk caught up in this uh you know alien ufo phenomenon that that's uh really taken over the last couple of years well i did i did one of these series of these books i did was the paranormal so obviously did a lot on aliens i wouldn't say it's it's a constant sort of people people will say they're interested i think in america when i did this book seems to be the hotbed of it or there's 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 reasons of england that are very sort of people think uh there's a place in Suffolk where people do believe there's very sort of strong links to 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 uh, extraterrestrials, but um, it's not it's not on everyone's lips. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> tell the... me about what's happening. Tell me what the news, any new outcomes are being out over in your neck of the woods. Yes. So last week there was this whistleblower that worked for the Pentagon. Yes, I did and, read about this. Yeah, yes. so he came out and he's saying that. So the whistleblower act, you can come out and if you you know things are either being hid from, you know, so their oversight is Congress and yes. things are being hid from Congress. So he's coming on the whistleblower act, and within that he is saying that there is a top secret group that is investigating. Uh, they call them UAPs, uh, UFOs, yeah, unid- yeah. unidentified aerial phenomena, UFOs. That's what they are, people. Flying saucers. So okay. they're investigating flying saucers, and they have recovered partial and fully intact UFOs 
Uh, some yep. of them look like they said they like abandoned, like possibly the, you know the alien landed and walked off and left it there. So that's interesting. And then the reporter was talking to him yep. like, so if you have crafts, yeah. he's like, you have aliens. And the guy pauses for a second. He's like, oh, well, yeah, we have pilots. So he said that they have the pilots of the UFOs in their possession. He didn't say if they were dead or alive or not. They have crafts. Another report came out. They had somewhere around 12. Right. And that, oh, so he's talking about interdimensional, that they possibly, that, that they might not be from far away from space as you think. And it could be more of a dimensional, interdimensional uh, incident. And that they, so he asked if the aliens, should people be afraid of it? And has there ever been an instance where a UFO hurt a human? And at first he went back and forth a little bit on it. And then he said, yes, that, you know, their humans have been hurt by UFOs. So that came out. Humans uh, have been hurt, possibly killed. The guy was alluding to it. The whistleblower was, you know, it's a, you can come out and say so much stuff. And then you're like, well, hold on. I have a non-disclosure. I can't do that. I'm like, I'm sure your non-disclosure says you can't talk about that. We were yeah. 12 crafts yet. Here you are. So at first as a UFO enthusiast and like a little kid, like, this is great. Like we're finally getting, it used to be deny, deny, deny. And now they're, it's coming out I'm like, no, it's true. It's true. It's true. And I took a step back and I was like, hold on, hold on. If they've lied for so many years, why are they coming out now? Like, what is in it for them to twist and say this? So, you know, that's my cynical part yeah. of me that it's going to take a UFO to land in my front yard so and borrow a cup of sugar. <laughs> I think you have to be cynical about everything, don't you, just to get to the truth. And UFOs have always grabbed people's attention. I mean, if there's what's been the response to this guy of the powers that be, they had a right to apply. Have they, have they... So they're going to have a hearing. The Pentagon came out and said that the group that he's talking about does not exist. But his whole point was there's a group above the Pentagon that is so secret and clandestine and like this like permanent state. And then, oh, and they're giving their technology yes. off to private companies to do their research and the reverse engineering. So this way people within the government wouldn't know about it. And then if there was a FOIA request, it wouldn't hit for that because now you're talking about private companies, trade secrets, and those aren't open to FOIAs. So things that have been heard a lot in the UFO community, you know, he's, he's saying, and apparently he's supposed to go in front of Congress and, and things like that and have this, I don't know if it's a closed door hearing or an open door hearing. Right. I think they're interested in the technology and then possibly the mismanagement of funds because this is supposed to be a giant program. That's sucking right. it in. And then you go back, you know, through history and they talk about, you know, they, you know, to change a bulb and, it, and it's $10,000. And it's like, well, what's your $10,000 wrench doing? I said, like, well, 9,000, 9,800 of those dollars went to this black ops program, you know, but that's how they, they funnel the money through. Oh, well, you know? they, yeah. I think as an observer from far away, if, if they do discover crafts and aliens and little green men it still won't be as weird as your current political setup <laughs> <laughs> it it is very tough sometimes and for for both sides you know it's it it's really tough because both sides thinks they're so right and thinks they're in the know and thinks whatever news station they're watching is yeah. them a hundred percent yeah and then you know the other side all they do is lie and people will be a lot better once they realize that both sides lie that both sides yeah. barely differ at and all always have. Like, Right. Yeah. yeah. And always have. Yeah. 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 This, their this main new, priority is to right. gain power and to enrich their families while their short little period or long period, depending who you are, that you're in power. And then when they're out, they're going to get cush, you know, uh, book publishing deals or college gigs that they don't show up to. And, you know, why they, everyone else, for the most part, either continues to live, live their life or, you know, struggle a little bit here or there.
Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. That it's quest crazy. for power. I mean, British, I, I joke about your, your system, but British politics is equally as crazy at the moment with, with similar sort of rogue individuals running around. But it all, it's always struck me that these people that are in politics, as soon as they come out of it, they become quite interesting, decent people that you kind of, you want to listen to. And without the restraints of vote winning and power, they're clearly quite intelligent, good people, and you just wish they could just be those people when they're in power. It's very frustrating. That's what you hope for, Trump. Feel however way you want about him. You know, the one, I'll say, the one good thing about him was that when he was campaigning and then he said he was going to do X, Y, and Z, and then he got in office and, you know, he did X. He's like, hey, I told you I was going to do X, I did X. A lot of politicians can't point back and said, hey, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Here's my X that I did. Here's my Y. They go, oh, well, I did A. But you didn't campaign on A. I didn't vote for you on A. Well, it's kind of like right. Z, except it's complete opposite. And you're like, well, that's still not what it, yeah. it really should yeah. be. Accountability is, it all comes back to secrets, doesn't it? Accountability is a very hard thing to to have or to, to, to enforce. You're stuck. I mean, once they're in office, whoever it is, I mean, there can be recall elections. There's all these things. But you're going to have whatever whatever party it is, is going to rally and like, they're trying to remove my guy. And then everybody just votes, you know, no matter how people on elections, dead people have won. Like, how do you vote for a dead person? But like, Oh, I didn't realize he was dead. Like, okay, well then don't vote. Like if you've truly paid like that little attention, you know, yeah. it's not, you know, yeah. it's not up there presidential, but like somewhere like the mayor, uh, mayor elections, there've been dead people have won. It's like, okay, good job guys. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, a, it's a scary thing. A scary thing. So when you were doing the research for your books, did you ever solve any of them? Did you get down there and be like, oh, I think this is like the closest that we can to get down there? And what well, was your favorite one that you came across? Let's remember that we, we you know, we, we weren't able to get, a lot of them, a lot of them have been sold. Things like Watergate, they got to the bottom of, you know, they, they, they found, you know, I say get to the bottom of it as much as you can. So our research was very much around, we were on a tight deadline, so a lot of it is using the, the internet was our friend. You know, it's very like using old art and, and, get, and getting into it that way. And so many and great documentaries being made on these things. And so it was a case of sort of finding out what has come out of each one. One that strikes, comes to my mind just talking then is a, a British secret that include, involved the royal family and the, and the Second World War. And the Duke of Windsor, I don't know if you're aware of the Duke of Windsor, who was who was the king before the war, but abdicated because he was in love with a, a divorced American woman. Do you know this story? Uh, I you... watched The Crown. I'm, I am caught oh, up there on you British, go. Yeah, British history. Yeah. <laughs> a, there you go. That's that's the only way to do it these days. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, obviously, he abdicated and was exiled in quite a lot of shame. But then what came out after the war, and I think there is an episode in The Crown about this, after the war that the, the American soldiers in Germany found these a load of, they called them the Windsor Files, and it was a lot about how the Nazis and the Duke had conspired to maybe get him back in power should Germany win the war and, and use his influence prior to the war to help to appease Hitler and try and help, basically help Hitler along. Uh, Winston Churchill was onto it and didn't wouldn't have it, but um, the idea that, that a British monarch, ex-monarch, was in cahoots with Hitler and the Nazis fascinated me. You know, that eventually did come out. So all these things do come out, we hope, in the wash as much as they can eventually, but it takes time. going to repeat a story, and then I don't have all the names on it. But there was, to this story, similar to this story, related to it, during World War II, I believe it was somebody from England was flying over to 
Germany put together this deal of you know kind of like a peaceful merger, surrender, whatever it might be. You know, London was getting demolished, and this guy's plane was shot down on the way there, and I believe the UK recaptured him. He was the only person held in a prison and ended up being for like 15 years, even after the war, that he was kept as the only person in the prison. So it it lends a lot of credence to the story that this was going to happen. The entire prison was closed off, except for this one person. It makes it very strange. Yeah, yeah. As I said, I think I said earlier that wartime secrets are great because, great flippantly, but you have to have secrets, don't you? And you, you excuse them. And one being the Manhattan Project. We did a chapter on the Manhattan Project in our book, which in regards to the Allies, but America developing a nuclear weapon and the, the fundamental importance of keeping all those, all, and we have spies everywhere, keeping those plans and everything they were doing in such a massive project the Manhattan Project, as it was called, keeping all the details away from the Nazis, because if Hitler had got his hands on a nuclear weapon, then, you know, I mean, we we can argue, I've been, I've actually been to Hiroshima in Japan, and the idea that someone could do that to anyone is baffles and hurts me in equal measure, but some argue that they had to happen to stop the war. So that's in a whole other argument. But when when a secret has to be kept so tightly and it, it is kept so tightly that's incredible to me because so many the human race there's so many you know there's so many voices and as i say spies are everywhere but the allies managed to do it and as i say it's, it, it it ended the war but even if it had if it was in the most callous and crude way right you know their justification was oh those lives then saved how many more on the back end for me as i say i've been to Hiroshima, and it's one of the most moving places i've been to it's also a very vibrant young city because it has to be right the base there's a baseball ground baseball's huge in japan and the, and hiroshima's baseball ground is right next epicenter of the bomb where they aimed so it, it struck me that america gave them this and then america gave them that for them to drop a bomb on hiroshima and then without warning also i think without warning i was the worst bit because kids were walking to school and then three days later do it again in nagasaki that i think that slightly dampens the argument that we had to do it to end the war this was this was just a let's blitz it and show them that there's there's no way back where well, i think they still could have used it but warned people and said look this is what we've got and if you don't end the war then then we'll use it in a, in the callous way they ended up doing so, you know? Right. Maybe you could have released the video, the Bikini Island videos that they were testing and well, showed it yeah. and say, Something hey, like we have what? this. Yeah, yeah. And do you want to keep yeah. going down that road? My big well, argument with that, Brian, is I think that what the Americans were doing with all the secrecy and then using it in such a <laughs> obvious way is uh, showing Stalin what they had, knowing that there was another war coming that was going to all the cold war after was all was all about secrets and lies wasn't it and i think to show one two big public displays of u.s power was a uh, kind of the first shots it was the last shots fired in the one war but the first shots fired in a second in a cold war right why is there always another war looming you put that in the uh, history but there's yeah, <laughs> oh is that oh, okay yeah yeah cool. Yeah, then it's a little guess. Money, money, uh, war pays, doesn't it? So, it, you know, if we we could, if we all sang, sat around and sang Kumbaya, then people wouldn't get rich, and that's very cynical of me, I know. But there you go. A lot of it seems to come back to that. I believe under Obama's presidency, they they ran out of bombs at some point. They were yeah. bombing, uh, and they had to then start again. And 
you know, the uh, the Raytheons and the people of that nature seem to love it as those government contracts come in. I'm like, oh, great, print more bombs, let's yeah. go, or you know, make more. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the the defense the, the the defense budget. I've heard some of the America's running out of ammunition to give to Ukraine. Which, what well, I mean, you, you you might tell me a strange figure what the Americans spend on defense, but it's got to it's got to be. I think there's probably a number above a trillion. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the exact number. I know it's huge. I saw yesterday there was an accounting error for the money that the U.S. was giving to Ukraine. I guess they misidentified $6.8 billion. They undervalued the weapons being sent to Ukraine at $6.8 billion. So Ukraine's getting more weapons. And That's a couple of planes, billion, isn't it? That is, they said, the equivalent to Mexico's military budget. Now, I don't know the last time Mexico was involved in a big war, but they're doing their military budget. Give me $6.8 billion. I can do a lot with it. It just seems very strange. It's always amazing how accounting errors, you know, go in. Well, if, if we're talking, if we're talking secrets, Brian, I think accounting, government accounting, is uh, yeah. let's not even let's not even go under that iceberg because you know. Oh, uh, once you start learning about quantitative easing, and you're like, wait, you just erase these things? Like, I need to start doing that on yes. my checkbook. I'm like, oh, all right, well, uh, mortgage, oh, yeah, erase that. That's gone. That's gone. Your house is mine now. It's fine. It is. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. The feeling we're being conned. <laughs> hey, just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it, it seems that you know the story is always the same, and it's just the people that change in it. Well, you you know what in our book we go back to things like the the Trojan horse. You know, it might be a, it might be part of of Greek mythology, but some some historians argue that it did happen during the Trojan War. You know, the the building of this horse that was called a gift, and they they pulled this huge wooden horse into the city of Troy that had been under siege for years and uh, it was full of Greek soldiers so these military secrets and secrets have been used to the benefit of powerful people from since day dot I guess yeah and they see it work there I don't think people are that clever enough especially people in power to re to come up with new ideas so they just tweak the old ones and, and just keep doing yeah. this oh exactly exactly we're, we're all given a trojan horse we're all given saturday night tv to watch and uh, then people come in and ruin your lives without you knowing it yeah I, <laughs> that's the tough part your paycheck on friday you're, you're down there at the pub or whatever and just to get through to monday and they're so happy to, to keep you in that that rat race that cycle it is, well, uh, I think George Orwell, George Orwell, with his very secretive great novel, nineteen eighty four, said that if you know, just give them, give them beer and football, and they'll be okay. And it's that, and it used to be gin in Victorian London. You know, the, the powers that be made sure the streets of London were full of gin, and people that didn't know what was happening around them. Then the the poverty, they were the unfair poverty being dished out. I sound a bit like Gandhi, I know, but um, it's uh, you know, it, we're all being hoodwinked. You can sit here and look at it as everybody should share their their wealth, and you know. Then there's the so like the socialist aspect of it, and then the capitalist of like, oh, we're going to earn everything and and charge. But you see what government does with money. It's like, well, could that have been done better? Like, I understand, you know, sometimes homeless people are homeless for yes. mental disorders or whatever. Yeah. Or you get told they want to be. You know, I'm not going to go interview everyone. Yeah, yeah. But if if yeah, you want to yeah, if you want to live in the wilderness, like, and whatever, that's fine. Like, that's that's okay. But we can't. Yeah, yeah. build yeah. better shelters or a, a hotel we can't build better we i just had a major highway outside of philadelphia collapse two weeks ago a major oh. artery from boston to washington for shipping and an eight-lane highway uh, a, a trucker an oil uh, gas truck caught under fire underneath and, and collapsed it so typically in united states or a, a union run a union run event 
So a lot of union workers will get used for this. Typically, that's, hey, let's rack up the bill. What can we do here? They did come out mm. and say that it would only take two weeks to repair, and they're going to fill in the bottom so it's not a, a pathway underneath and, and put the highway on top. We'll see what happens. A small, right. tiny bridge in my town uh, had uh, went out. It was just a little pass-through, and that was out for 16 months. I mean, maybe right. a 1,000 cars went on a day. I think that's a high number. Maybe. I don't know. And for that to go out, now you're right. talking about tens of thousands of cars a day, a week, you know. Yeah. But so yeah, that money yeah. can't get yeah. used for infrastructure. That money can't get used to help homeless people. That money can't help with drug addiction. We can't do anything like that. We have to do it no. to waste money. To let's let's build a statue somewhere or something. Let's you know I don't know. I I, I think we're yeah. both in the same cynical boat. It's it, it's tough. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Exactly. I'm all for in, it. Yeah. In the UK, is there? That. Yeah, in the UK, is there a a rampant drug problem? Is there a fentanyl issue that we face in the US here? Well, funny enough, I, I only recently saw a news report in England on one of our better news channels going to America and talking about fentanyl, and I hadn't really heard of it, and I was shocked by what I saw in this report, and wondered about its prevalence in this country. And I have heard it start like everything. It's we we usually get things just a bit after you and i've heard it is creeping in here which is a big concern obviously it's because it's coming through the mexican borders so you know it it, it will go to you and then it it will start crossing the atlantic to us i guess but that's a big concern yes is that and how's the government in america dealing with that is that is it is it very out is it out in the open about it's 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 effects is it similar to how ronald reagan took on drugs in the 80s which was all a bit bit like an action movie how's it being dealt with oh they're not zero really oh really right they have kensington is a a neighborhood in philadelphia and it it's always been very poor they call it the kensington beach and there are just strung out people laying all across the sidewalk there are people in zombie mode all the time it, it, it looks like a wasteland you know right. other major cities downtown philadelphia disaster uh it, it fentanyl all over you know they so the the police have narcane and it's supposed to bring you back from fentanyl overdose it's supposed to be pretty good i guess so a lot of the police officers have narcane pens like an epi pen type of thing injection mm-hmm. to bring people back right uh, this, right. I, I believe for in New Jersey, regular citizens can apply to get, uh, to get Narcane training so they can have it for themselves, you know, to do it. It is, it's a devastating, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but they said that, you know, most of the drug problem, you know, used to be heroin was, was terrible, but now they're putting fentanyl in the heroin and you're getting, you know, the yes. double, the, the double terribleness. Well, again, with my cynical hat on and tell me if I'm I'm wrong, but what I've heard about it is, is it can be laced into any, and any it's been cut into anything. So I just thought the powers that will be will start taking much more action once this stuff is getting into sort of middle class drugs and people are people are taking cocaine at parties. People start dying that way, then you'll see something happen. That's what unfortunately it takes. Is um, disposable people to them are using it. Uh, you know, unworthy people to them are using it and they're not going to do anything about it until yep. it starts hitting yep. that middle upper class and then that, yep. that rich class. Yes. Yep. Doing it. Well, yeah. and ki- well, the mid- middle class kids start taking it at school parties and stuff. And then, then you'll see some action being taken. Yeah. 
start coming across the news. So you guys gave yep. us the Beatles. We're giving you back fentanyl. That doesn't seem like a fair trade from, from your side. <laughs> doesn't that? No, it no. really, really doesn't. Oh. Yeah. Some of the great music still being played today. And we're going to be like, hey, take take our problem that we have over here. It, it, it's uh, terrible. Uh, yeah. yeah. So is there anything, you know, so conspiracy theories, I was going to bring something up about the 2020 incident, but uh, I don't know. That, that slipped my mind. Is there anything, uh, a conspiracy thread that just hangs in your mind that, you know, you haven't been able to wrap around or that, that you think about, you know, even just on occasion um, that interests you? Oh, oh, right. Well, I, I'm sort of focused on my secrets, but, but my conspiracy theory book. Um, I just meant in life. Is there anything that, like, as you're walking around that, and you're doing your regular job that, like, pops in your head and you're like, hey, why is, why is that? Well, because well, I wrote the book, I, I came to it with, with I'm quite a cynic, you know. I'm, I, I need to be, you know. There's, I know some, I know some people that think the Earth's flat. I mean, you know, whether they've been, you know, whether they've taken too much of what we were just talking about, I don't know. But um, think about, I've got a teenage daughter, and she actually mentioned one chemtrails to me, which interested me. Now I look up in the sky, literally walking around, and see these these trails left in the sky. And, and the, the idea is that you know our weather's being controlled, and it's another it's another case against climate change and stuff like that. But the, that one sort of look is 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 above us all the time. So everywhere you look, there's there's trails from the many planes being used. And we all during COVID, we all and we when we all locked down, we all talked about how clean the air seemed and how great the sky looked without the air, without the airline industry. So whilst I'm, I need to know more, and I'm always thinking of you know. There's two sides of every story. That that one does interest me. So the chemtrails, they just had a a news report about a month ago, and it was a regular news station, and they were talking about oh yeah, so oh there there's a company that's spraying ammonium oxide or something in the sky, and he's trying to fight climate change on his own. So this one guy was doing that, and then this news report was kind of talking about that and these other sprayers. So this independent person is going up there and spraying this, and apparently there's little the government can do. So that guy on his own is and what, doing that. And sorry, what, what's, he, what's he spraying, and what does he hope will come from it? Uh, oh, I think it's a type of aluminum, and they'll reflect part of the sun back, and it won't have the you won't get the heat from the sun coming in here, and then the uh, you know the other side of it is like well, well, you're going to you're going to trap heat in. He hasn't done it in London today. It's, he, hasn't, it's he did it in New Jersey. We'll say, well, the sun's <laughs> coming up, but we'll see. It's supposed to rain. Uh, so in the 2008 Olympics, China had such a smog problem that they seeded their yes. clouds to rain and they washed did. away did, yeah. their smog. Yeah. So, you know, people talk about, you know, chemtrails. So they sprayed something in their clouds, yep. seeded their clouds, you know, yes. so they have that. It, it's possible. They, yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. So they talk about the the contrails are a plane or what you see of it, regular plane, and they dissipate. And then the chemtrails are that contrail that you see then spreads out to a thin white line that yeah. took your bright blue yeah. sky to now it's kind of just yeah. like hazy white all the time. But there's a lot of people, yeah. Bill yeah. Gates wants to spray stuff in the sky to reflect the sun off. And it, it seems to be what okay. was once a kooky, you know, look at this if, crazy person. If it's enough, up. it's it's a if the technology is open to us and we all know about it, then I've got, if it's if it's beneficial, great. Changes, you know, we 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 have to evolve as a. I fear we're not evolving. That's the problem. But you know, if 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 it's legit and we all know about it and everything is above board, everything's transparent, then great. I think I think I have I have slight sympathy with conspiracy 
people. It strikes me that if someone believes in one conspiracy, they usually believe in them all, which I have a problem with because that means you're just you think everything's a lie, which of course a lot of it is. But um, <laughs> so it's a fine it's a fine line, isn't it? But it, if we can find transparent more transparency in public life, then I think we it would benefit for everyone all and that, it comes back to what we talked about at the beginning about politically everyone bemoaning the fact that they're the ones being you, you know they're the ones with no with no backing in the main the, the word mainstream media annoys me you know like oh the mainstream media do this to us but both if we have the bbc in england which is sort of a cherished cherished broadcasting corporation to a lot of people very unpopular these days on both and both sides think they're biased towards the other side so that strikes me they must be doing a really good job. That's a good Do point. You know what I mean? If, yeah, if you're yeah. basically if you're annoying both halves, then you're being you're being the independent body that you're supposed to be. So I think I, I've gone off on a tangent, but I think if it, my point being, if there's if we all if everything's there, see, then you can make your decision and argue each side. But uh, you know, I worry that nothing's out in the open for us. Right. So I I love the the Those crowdsourcing. They're getting in. I'm just breathing these chemtrails and coughing. I love the crowdsourcing that uh, people have do. This open sourcing that you can put things on the internet, and then different minds from different parts of the world can work on a problem or help solve it. It seems that uh, I don't have the example popping in my head right now, but there's times that this has been used, and you know, either bugs have been fixed out of out of a, a problem, like a feature, an app, or something. Uh, and I I think we can get to a lot better place instead of always having. Like, so we're talking about. Bill Gates has this idea. It's it's in legitimate newspapers and everything. He's talked about this. He wants to spray the sky and help with global warming. I haven't read his papers. Right. I, I don't know. Even if it sounds great, do we ever think about what's happening in a year, in five years, in 10 years? But like, no, hey, look, this will reduce by one degree and everybody will be great and we'll save climate change for a billion years and we'll never worry about it again. It's like, okay, like, what are we breathing in? What is going to happen to animals that have adapted? What, what are going to happen to plants? What's going to... We never think about that, and people just seem to rush headstrong in, and all that does is create another problem. And then you know you get to call the government or whoever it might be, like, "Hey, I have another idea." But let's just start yeah. crowdsourcing this. Keep this down the middle, like the BBC. If you're pissing everybody off, you're probably telling more of the truth. If you're pissing yeah. one side off, you know maybe you're yeah. skewing a little too hard to the other side. Yeah, I think the key is to piss everyone off, Brian. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know you're doing something right. If you, if if everyone listening to this is slightly pissed off, I'm, I'll be happy. We've been agreeing too much and having too much fun. Been a lot of smiles here. I, I have to work better, you know. Oh right. Are, are, these, gonna... are these are these podcasts usually a bit a, a bit a bit feisty? No, you you know what? I've only had one where I, I asked a very, you know, I, I try to come from it from like an everyman perspective. Like, hey, whatever you want to talk it's... about, for the most part, come tell me whatever you're working on, whatever you're interested yeah. in, and. It, a question comes to my mind. I asked it very respectfully. I even tiptoed with like, uh, please take this the right way. But hey, I hear your idea, but there's also this very simple control group and we don't see that. And the, the person did not respond that well to it. <laughs> Everyone else seems to get my jokes or you know, get that like we're here for a good time. But hey, right. well, so far so good. <laughs> you know? I'll tell you one that just one of these sequences has sprung to mind. And talking of control groups, is the uh, entitled "What What Don't We Know About Coca Cola?" Now that <laughs> the, the company Coca Cola strikes me as the most American thing that any of us Brits can think of, probably. I think I it's wonder, pretty American. I'm asking, 
asking you a question what what people think of the company in terms of climate change its environmental issues the idea that you know people in asia have been poisoned by fact factories owned by coca-cola and that, that this thing that is so wholesome in the way it's advertised is is dark and and listen we can talk about a lot of multinationals you know nike and adidas and that with the way they the way they employ people to make their to make their products and sweatshops and stuff it's uh, the, the big the big companies that we rely on every day and have dominated our lives what's murky under the surface there that and you know i wonder what people think about coca-cola in in america I would say that for the most part, if you asked anybody on the history of Coca-Cola or the dark side, they would bring up that it originally had cocaine in it. Well, and then after yeah, that's, that, that's, that's probably one of the, the least nasty things they've <laughs> Yeah. And then after, you know, and then the people who, you know, I grew up drinking soda and now I, I don't do it. Right. And if you pour soda on a for car, health, you'll see the paint come off. And it's like, what's that For doing? health reasons. Yeah. For health yeah, reasons yeah. rather than, yeah. yeah. For health reasons rather than ethical, maybe. Oh, zero ethical, zero ethical. Yeah. I don't think I'd be able to live my life if I start thinking about the ethical impacts of everything that I do. Well, you know, yes. Yeah, my my iPhone got... being mined, and, yeah. Yeah, know, an, an yeah. African mine by some child. Uh, you really have to block, well, the, you know, the, the batteries we all use, you know, that going, you know, that's going to be the new sort of big issue, I think, you know. Yeah. Chile, Amazon, Amazon has suicide nets up in some of their factories that the people can't jump off of the, the, the <laughs> roof and it'll catch them and they put them back to work. Like, what is going on here? And one just quit the job. Like an option to quit. You can just walk out. Maybe, maybe in some countries you can. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I, I had no idea about the poisoning. Uh, but hey, you get into corporations, and you know they they don't do anything the right way until the government no. makes them to. Yeah, yeah, fascinating. And the, and of course the government don't because there's subsidies to be made. And yeah, it's um, the lo- lobbying. You know, lobbying goes on, and so we're. It comes back to being very cynical, but we're caught in a slight trap, you know. Yeah, you'll see some of the companies. You really have to get down. It's tough. You know, I, I'm trying to think of the actress. She has this company called The Honest Company, and it's baby products. Uh, I think Jessica Alba. And it's supposed to be all these all-natural products and everything, and, you know, feel good about yourself as as you're using it. But if you start looking into manufacturing, like everything produced will produce waste. Everything will have a leak. Like you're wherever these things are being made, you know you're you're poisoning the area around it. Unfortunately, like there's not a clean no. production company. Yeah, you know, a manufacturing company. Like you can't make. No. You can't leak oil. They're going to you know you're bringing in a truck that's going to spill gasoline. You're going to pollute yeah. the land. You know yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I love that it's called honest. I mean that's this the the, uh, the epitome of the marketing that has to be made. Yeah, honest and yeah. all this. And you know, and and it all comes to the marketing and the the way the product is packaged, and it, it's you can be as fancy as you like. But you're right; everyone's a hypocrite because it leads back to some. Unless we all start farming our own land and living within a mile radius of ourselves, the human race can't pretend to be honest. Right. Yeah. And there's ways you could clean up your mess as you're doing it, you know, to make it so you can still travel and and do things. But to sit here and say, oh, my manufacturing company, we're, we're honest. We produce, you know, yeah, I don't know if she says there's zero waste, so I shouldn't say that. But she's just trying to say hers is an ethical company. And, you know, maybe it is, or at least in whatever board meeting she is, it is. I, I think, Brian, many people argue that the, the, the whole recycling thing that we do, quite rightly do, by the way, but it's quite a myth that we're making, we're making, a, we're making a fingernail as much of a difference. And it's only until governments start changing their 
policies on fossil fuels and everything that, that we're, we're just pissing into the dark, really. There's this, he's a young man now in his 20s. His name is Boyan Slate, S-L-A-T. And he's trying to clean up all this pollution in rivers and the Great Pacific Garbage Patch off of uh, California. It's the size of Texas, which is right. you know really, really big. Uh, so he was going into he was going into Asian countries that have these like you know polluted rivers, and he he created this whole system that can just gather up the plastic and and fish can get through and all these things, and it seems amazing. And he's going to clean up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch in twenty years. This thing will never be cleaned up ever, and it's going to keep getting bigger. And this guy's like, no, I can do this in twenty years. Mm. He doesn't get. I mean, I'm sure he probably gets government grants because where's a twenty year old kid getting? He has three or four or five of these ships going out there. But you yeah. think that somebody has a good idea, let's put our money behind it, let's do this, let's yeah. actually clean up something. But then somebody yeah. else wants to come on, like SpaceX and the, the Jeff Bezos one, you know, flying to space. We're talking about the, the submarine. Yeah, you know, William yeah, Shatner, Jeff Bezos go up there for 15 seconds and come back down. Yeah. Do you need competing companies? Does uh, Richard Branson, uh, the Virgin yeah, X one, do they, uh, if you put all your money together? Capitalism. Yeah. You have to, you have to compete. <laughs> I feel like we both came off as super socialist here. I'm going to get, you know, they're going to vote me out of this country. Uh, power we're going to, have to, power to the people. Yeah. America, <laughs> yeah. Rise up, America. Rise yeah. up. Yeah. Take it back. Take it back. You, know, you gonna, can have your own I'm individual have... wealth. And, and this, all that we pay so much in taxes, like help people out, do something. I, I'm going to have the CIA. I'm going to have the CIA following me. I can tell. Oh, man. They're already here. I was talking to somebody uh, on Monday night. I had an interview, and, you know, he's an engineer, a mechanical engineer for 30 years. And he was talking about the uh, World Trade Center complex, building number seven fell down at a free fall speed. So not the one or two, the big towers, this free fall speed, nothing stops it. And he's like, oh, and you know, that doesn't happen in engineering. Like if a, a floor collapsed, you would lose energy and it would just slow down. Not that it couldn't collapse, but his experience and looking at, so, okay, great. And I was asking him the name of this group and I was like, oh, okay, this group has a lawsuit. What's the name of the group? It took three times for him to say it because Zoom kept cutting out. As I was saying, I was like, hey, the powers that be are on here. CIA is listening. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're cutting this out. We haven't lost our connection once. We're not saying anything interesting. We need to step this up. Yeah. 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 So, Leo, what are you working on now? You you covered sports? I am covering my day job is a lot of sport. I mean, I'm, I, I, I used to be a sports writer. I just, I'm just a writer now. So, I've, <laughs> we're. Um, is that a promotion so or demotion? You went from sports writer to, to just a writer now yeah it just, it's just, <laughs> just it flows off the tongue easier yeah um uh i am doing some uh, some very interesting football articles at the moment soccer articles sorry uh but also sam and i are just about to start another couple of these in the, this line this series of books this time looking at true crimes so we're doing a book about female serial killers oh great it's quite um, macabre and fascinating in equal measure and doctors doctors that kill so two two books on true true crime cases which seem to catch people's imagination a lot last year i did one generally the year before last i did one generally on serial killers and now we're doing female serial killers <laughs> serial killers every not every woman i talk to but a lot of women love this serial killer and it, they cannot they get do. enough yeah. They really do. They really do. And it's such a big, I mean, Netflix, half of Netflix is based on serial killers, I think. Yeah, um, I have people in my life who watch all of it. And then I'm like, who yeah. are you? And like, should I, you know, 
hard enough to figure out the female mind and it's like what is really happening well, there so then yeah so to delve deep into the to women that actually have done it which is obviously much rarer than than men and for quite fascinating reasons actually women have, there's usually kind of a deeper maybe deeper reasons involved but we're only just starting so i will uh, i promise to come on and tell you all about it once we've, we've we're done awesome i'm going to hold you that promise i appreciate it absolutely where Look can to- oh thank you yeah great thank you where can people find yourself and do you mind plugging sam where can people find sam sam pilger well these in you mean these books Oh, yeah, or just in, where can people follow you? Where can well, people well, can the, pick the, these books up on Amazon? I saw it in Barnes well, & yeah, Noble. Uh, well, funny enough, I'm, I don't think they're that prevalent on it online. I, I know, I think the company, I know Barnes & Noble, your your great big shop, bookshop, ha, has stocked some. I've been over there and seen them very well stocked there. You'll find them. This The Secrets book we've been talking about is um, in an, un, it's called Unsolved series. And then we have True Case, True Crime case books which are things like serial killers and sam did a great book on murderers a, a bit you know a more sort of the distinction between serial killers and murderers is is one we talk about and so you'll find them in great american bookshops our other stuff sam's sam has a very big twitter following at at sam pilger me less so <laughs> we'll get you but, up right. there don't worry we'll get you up there now yeah well yeah it's not yeah i'm not um i'm not on it enough which i should be my my uh publishers often have a go at me for not being proactive enough but there you go so yes you'll find us online and you leo moynihan and sam pilger our work is often online and yeah that you'll find these these books in american bookshops and i hope people enjoy them Perfect. I'll put a link in the show notes for your socials that, that you're going to start using. So it'll be fine. I'll put the links <laughs> for the socials and then it, Barnes and Noble. If my numbers like go up by 10, I promise to be more entertaining on Twitter. <laughs> okay. We'll see what we can do for you. I'll, uh, break, a sec- I, I'll break a secret a day. <laughs> okay. Hey, there you go. <laughs> every every new 10 followers, every 100 or something, you know, you'll, you'll have a new secret. You have to set these <laughs> thresholds. Exactly. Yeah. If the CIA are listening, they better watch out. It's all going to yeah, break. <laughs> all right, CIA. Uh, Leo's coming for you. Watch out. <laughs> I sincerely appreciate your time. Thank you so Brian, much. It's been a pleasure. Real pleasure. Enjoyed it. Yeah, I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much. Definitely. You take, take care. care. Enjoy the rest bye, of your bye. day. All right. Bye. All right, everyone. That was our show. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date in all things wild and weird. Check out the links in the show notes for more information on our guests. The biggest support you can offer is to tell everyone about the podcast. Until next time.